She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. all set me on the journey I'm on today, which has just gotten weirder and weirder. But and more and more awesome. More and more awesome, yeah, <laughs> definitely. You're married to a French woman. Oh, I'll get to that. <laughs> and he would stay in the restaurant until 11 p.m., didn't see his kids, didn't see his wife, obviously was cheating on his wife. And can't believe that this was our goal. I said, oh, let's do that. Let's do what he's doing. What the fuck, Julie Roxanne? It's great. Everything's going great. You know, I mean, it would be pretty bad if our entire relationship was built on the idea that we were going to have a restaurant together. <laughs> <laughs> Big news, Julie Roxanne. Oh my God, what? Big news. What's going on? We've got a new review. Can you read it? I can. Please. Yeah, this is from Monsieur Jacques. Monsieur Jacques? Monsieur Jacques. (laughs) And he gave us five stars. And he said the title was super cool and engaging. That's nice. Need I say more? Yes. Yes, I will. (laughs) So this is what he says. This tickled my fancy. As part of doing research about Derek Sivers, I stumbled upon Far Out. I loved the intro music and how it was drawing me in. I realized that this couple was lovely and had interesting questions. They're fun and made me smile a lot. Also, a lot of topics I'm interested in and therefore will give it a further listen. And it only made me smile further as, like Julie, I'm French, have been a chef, and just came back from living in Guatemala. Oh man, I love that. Oh, that's so cool. So many coincidences. Hi, Monsieur Jack. Yeah. Bonjour. You Very sound happy like our people. Here. Yeah. <laughs> well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome, beautiful listener. And let me just say, I love what you've done with the place. <laughs> it looks great. I think there's something different in the feng shui. It's good energy coming. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe you change your your air freshener in your car. Maybe it's the light bulb. No, <laughs> something's different, and I don't like it. We're so happy you're here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We uh we talked about failures today. Yeah, always fun to listen to other people's failures. I don't know if it's always fun, but it's always enriching. There's a because I feel like we don't talk about this. Most people don't talk about their failures. They only talk about the success and. The failures are the road to success. Yeah, so why don't we explore the different ways in our life we fucked up? Yeah, and and (laughs) there's plenty of reflections and thoughts, and like I think you'll hear a lot of thought-provoking things for you today, so... Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Alistair. Good morning, beautiful listeners. Good afternoon, good evening, everything in between, wherever you are. And good night. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Good episode. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? (laughs) It's nice to be talking to you again. Yes. 
We are in our podcast fort. Yes. After a bunch of recording interviews outside of the fort, yeah. so it feels kind of nice and homey. It's back to us. Yeah. Back to the original crew, the, the OGs. The OGs. And we thought today we might talk about a topic that came up in a conversation with Derek Sivers a little while ago on the podcast. And he made a comment we both kind of like, well, he's talking about failure and how we don't talk about it much mm-hmm. and how it's more, much more interesting than success. Yeah. Right? And so we thought, oh, yeah, why don't we talk about our failures on the podcast? Yeah, the biggest <laughs> ones, the ones we like the most. Or at least some of them because yeah. uh, we've had many. Yeah. So I think maybe I'll start. Yeah, go ahead. Um, What's your favorite failure? My favorite failure. Oh, I have so many. Um, <laughs> maybe the reason we want to talk about failure is because we want to explore what even failure means. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's interesting to look back on failures because while in the time, they're often devastating mm-hmm. and it's not to minimize them. And I think one thing that's a little dangerous is like, and this is really obnoxious when it happens to you, right? Like you're in the middle of a failure and it's devastating because really part of a failure is a, an identity shift, right? Mm-hmm. Like in some way, what you thought was, and another part of failure is like reality wasn't what you thought it was, mm-hmm. right? Like you failed to make something happen or to do something or something. You missed a part about it didn't work, yeah. which means that your concept of reality was in some way kind of skewed. So there's like, that's disorienting, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the identity thing. Is a lot of times we identify with the things we're trying to do or the goals we have or whatever. And so we don't achieve them. And like, we have to like reorganize our mm-hmm. identity, right? These are really destabilizing aspects yeah. of, of what we're calling failure. And they feel like that in the moment. It often feels like a failure. But later on, they look different. Right, and that's one of the th- interesting things about the failures we want to talk about today is how they they look very different with a few years or sometimes even like half a decade or a decade. They can look very different and actually look like steps on the right path. And you also wanted to say something about how obnoxious it is when yeah, you're in the middle yeah. of failure. And so what I was the, what's obnoxious about it can be is like we don't want to trivialize it or say like hey. This is all for the greater good. In the moment, that can be extraordinarily obnoxious, bypassing the feelings of failure, right? Because a lot of the value is in experiencing them. Totally. And so we can go and, you know, we can be in the midst of something devastating and tell someone, they're like, oh, it's all good. It's all for the best. You know, this isn't even going to be in five years from now, you're not getting, and that's like, doesn't help, yeah, right? Like doesn't. you need to actually experience it and work through it for yourself and figure out what does this mean? Where where, where was I missing things? How mm-hmm. was I aiming wrong? So we're not trying to send that message that, you know, it's all good and you don't, and you just don't need to experience it or, mm. or just, just think positively about it. But, Fuck positive thinking. <laughs> Fuck positive thinking. Yeah, yeah. It has its place, but usually yeah, but <laughs> in America, it's almost always exaggerated and used as bypassing actually feeling things. Yeah. At yeah. least that's how. <laughs> and, and I think like when you're in one of these situations where you're in the middle of a massive failure and you tell someone about it and then they say, oh, it's all for the greater good. It's all perfect. It's all going to work out. It's like, 
if I come to you and tell you about my failure, you are not allowed to say this particular sentence to me until I say it. It's when I'm ready to say, oh, yeah, actually, it was all for the greater good and it was all for the best that then you can say it. Otherwise, if I'm telling you I'm devastated because I'm in the middle of a divorce, you don't get anything. You don't say anything. Because two it. things are happening when you do that. The first is that person is not willing to meet you where you're at, yes. right? So you're not able to really connect with them and they're not really willing to empathize or perspective take with how you might be feeling. Which they're is saying, crushing. If you're yeah. experiencing something that's hard and you cannot connect with someone and you're trying to connect, it's crushing. Yeah, that's the first thing. And the second thing is they are kind of not allowing you, at least in that moment, to process and integrate yeah. your experience, right? They're saying, don't even worry about it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. ignore it or whatever and just move on. Look to the next thing. Yeah. And there's a time when that's appropriate. Yes. But it's not right away, you know? you To some degree, we do need to kind of wallow in these things or experience everything that comes up because there's a lot of nuggets and valuable lessons in the failure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hear that a lot. Like failure is a much better teacher than success. Yeah. Because it shows you where, you where you were wrong. Yeah. It shows you what you didn't see. And there's a lot to learn there. So that's kind of the essence of, of this conversation, I think. Um, Tell me about your favorite failure. All right, all right. My favorite. So, I don't know. My favorite failure. I'm going to tell you about a string of three failures that happened in the course of one year, which I think has been very pivotal Juicy. for me. Juicy. Yeah. And, and they happened in like the three important areas of my life, or at least three of the important areas of my life. The first one was, I'm trying to remember which, uh, the first one was a failure in health. Mm. So this, you, we're going back to around 27, when I was 27. So, oh God, I can't do the math on this, but that'd be around 2014. Yeah. Yeah, let's say it's 2014. And I had a huge failure in health. I basically, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. But even before that, I was dealing with recurring depression that I had had for probably like the last five years of my life. Mm -hmm. And this, this feeling of like at any moment, it could come up from behind and yeah. take me down. And a few times it had. And so I was dealing with depression. I was dealing with constant anxiety, like waking up chest crushing anxiety some days. Like just anxiety was a part of my life and debilitating fatigue. Mm. Uh, the best way I can describe it was like, I felt like I was walking uphill through mud most days. Mm. And like, it was just, I'd look around and be like, how's everyone else doing it? Because I'm struggling like hell. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I just, is this me? I don't know what's happening. So these three things were happening. And I finally went and saw a doctor about it and had some blood tests done and ended up getting diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune disease. And the instructive thing about autoimmune diseases is your body is attacking yourself, right? Mm. Like, so there's something really, and there's something very psycho-spiritual <laughs> about realizing that condition, right? Yeah. Because you're like, oh, yeah, that's happening in a lot of areas of my life mm. right now. Like, I'm not being an ally to myself. Mm. And it kind of feels like my body is kind of taking up a similar posture that my mind is taking up and that, like, you know, my behavior is. So I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is a chronic condition, is 
arguably non-reversible, depending where that's arguable, but it's chronic. And the message that was given to me by my doctor was like, you're going to have this for the rest of your life and you're going to need to take a pill every day. For the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. And I was a 27-year-old male that thought he was healthy (laughs) and I was not healthy, but... um, Talk about a failure, man. (laughs) That was crushing. That, That really shook up my world. And it really forced me to realize how shitty my diet was, that I was not taking care of myself, mm-hmm. that like I was ignoring a lot of important things that, you know, like almost it was like, and it had been kind of an extension of college, this kind of mindset of like, oh, well, you know, live it up now because later you're going to have kids and you can't do these things. Yeah. And they just become like habits of being yeah. and they weren't healthy. So that was the first major failure, and it sh- it really shook me. And it sent me on a journey that I'm still on today, five years later, but particularly in that first year of like, whoa, I need to like reevaluate my life. Mm-hmm. Saw a lot of doctors, started doing a lot of diet work, like taking care of myself physically, mentally. It, I checked into a Zen center. Yeah. <laughs> this is when I started my like kind of spiritual uh, practices as well. So it was really an invitation to say like, hey, do you want to keep going down this path? In that way, looking back on it, I, it's been quite a blessing because, you know, I feel like this happens in life where it's like, there's messages, right? Like, hey, buddy, you're you're kind of going off the path, going mm. off the path. And if you ignore them, they get louder and they get more severe, yeah. right? And Hashimoto's thyroiditis honestly was not that severe of a, like, as okay. far as things could go, it wasn't that severe. Could it, If I ignored that, I'm sure it would have been a lot worse. Yeah. The depression was pretty severe. So it was like a real big wake-up call, like, hey, you're going off the path. You need to look at your life and and make major adjustments, major lifestyle changes. And I think one interesting thing to do when looking at these failures and sharing, it's like, why is that your favorite failure? Or, you know, like, why, how are you looking at it now? What, what is your, what was your mindset then? And what's your mindset Mm. now around it? One thing that comes up when you say that is that, you know, with the anxiety and the depression and everything up to that point. There was like, there was several things going on. There was kind of a, there was a victim mindset. Mm. This is happening to me, Mm. right? Mm. And there was also a sort of villain mindset where I was like victimizing myself. Yeah. And one thing, and I think this is a critical step of any failure that we have, right? Is realizing our responsibility in it, Mm. right? Not just blaming it on everyone else. There is value in like exploring what else is involved? Like what environmental factors are involved, right? What influences in my life? Like where, what trying to parse out, like, you know, in a way, I think we all try to ask ourselves what caused this. Yeah. I think if you, if there's a situation happening, you always have your own responsibility in it, in it, but other things have responsibility in it too. And so it's that there's a tendency to want to put the blame outward and not not take any responsibility. And then there's also the other side where you take all the responsibility and not look at what's also coming from the outside. And and both of those are really dangerous, yeah. right? Because in one, you don't learn anything and you you give away your power yeah. on it. And, and then you're likely to repeat it in a different way if you're not going to actually look at yeah. your role in it, right? But the other one is also dangerous because 
we can identify as a failure instead of having failed, right? And having failed is part of the human experience. And it's another way of giving up your power because you're forgetting that you are kind of a lovable person. You know, like you you start hating on yourself. It it becomes, you become the enemy. Also, it becomes a permanent thing. Yeah. Whereas like a failure happens, right? Yeah. My health failed, but being a failure is perhaps irredeemable right yeah like so that's a really dangerous mindset to get into it's very disempowering yeah and i feel like there's something that comes up you just said my health failed and even that way of phrasing it doesn't really totally resonate i'm for those who don't know or or just for context english is not my first language and so i have a special relationship with words in english and with the english language and so failure first of all it's not really a word that gets used a lot in French, in my native tongue. So it's not something I'm used. It's not a word that's part of my life very much. And it hasn't been very much. That's funny. I thought the French would uh, have all sorts of words for failure. It's just we embody <laughs> them so much. We we wallow in failure that there's no need for words. It's a state of being. State of being. I was like, no, there's a lot to unpack for me there. It's, it's actually kind of interesting, but... The idea that I'm trying to convey is I have some qualms with the word failure because especially in the context we're talking about, it's like my health failed. Did it? If anything, your health probably succeeded because your body turned out to be your ally in telling you, hey, buddy, something's really wrong. I've been trying to tell you in all these ways. You're not really listening. I'm going to speak louder. I feel like that's a major success. 100% agree with you. That in a way, like my body was trying to tell me something and my body was mirroring habits, mindsets, ways of being, Mm. you know, and it was like raising the alarm, like, hey, hey. And in that way, it was a success because I listened. And from there, my health, you know, it's been a rocky road. (laughs) <laughs> to figure it out since, but I, I'm in the best health of my life right now. Yeah, you and, are. And uh, there's no doubt that it goes back to that quote unquote failure, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to think about it on different levels too, because I think it is useful to think about it as a failure, but it's a failure at a smaller level, mm-hmm. right? And in a bigger level, when we're able to listen and recognize that we're quote unquote failing, that's a success, yeah. right? And it leads us into greater greater ways of being or greater successes. So I think it's like a failure in a narrow sense, right? It's a failure of a way of being or a narrower, a smaller identity. Yeah. And in that way, I think a lot of times these failures are like, hey, that that's not working or you're playing it too small mm-hmm. or like, and it's kind of like waking you up mm-hmm. into a bigger life, a bigger identity, taking, you know, being more aligned with yeah. reality yeah. in in some way. Yeah. And that's a major success. So I think there are kind of, this is multi-leveled. Yeah. And there's also something else to point out about failure is that there is no failure unless you had an idea of what success looked like. You know, it's like failure is automatically attached to oh, there's this part of my mind and there's this part of me, maybe it's the ego, maybe it's not, that wanted this particular outcome. Maybe in the case of, a, of of your health, it was like, oh, I wanted the outcome of I'll keep doing everything that I'm doing in my lifestyle and my health will just 
stay the course and there will be no breakdowns and I will made it make it to old age and and die happily later. I don't know, maybe that's not how it feels, but there's this sense of I have an expectation of how it's going to turn out and then it's when it doesn't it's like this it's the story in our minds that make up the failure because otherwise it's not really a failure. And in that way it's really related to the ego, right? Mm. It's related to our conception of the world, right? Which is necessarily limited and not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I feel like failures are like when that ego goal or expectation or or agenda is punctured by something much bigger, right? And at first that feels like a massive failure. It's yeah. like, ah, didn't I didn't get what I wanted, you know, or yeah. didn't do but then later you realize like, oh wow, there's uh it's really like that hole that that puncture has also opened me up to like a much bigger identity, perhaps, yeah. or a much more aligned way of being is another way to say, or a much bigger vision of life or what what can be. Mm-hmm. And I think a good example of that is another failure I had, which was a business failure. Mm. So this is the first time that I had really gone off on my own to start a business. Actually, the business had already been started, but it was like really, really young. And so I came on as like the second partner to help grow this business. And I had left a high paying kind of uh, high status, you know, stable, C-level kind of job. (laughs) And um, C-level. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so... I left that to work on this passion project Mm -hmm. with a friend. And, you know, what's funny about looking at this failure, which took the course of a year Mm. to really get to and was happening at the same time as my health issue, um, was that I wish it happened faster. Mm. And And this is an interesting aspect of failure, right? Which is that a lot of times the bigger failure in it is if we were to succeed, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like in this smaller kind of sense. Also, through so what happened with the business is finally the partnership failed. Mm-hmm. And the business, I have no idea if it failed or if it, I think it's still going, but like it wasn't working either. Like it wasn't supporting us. Yeah. And that was terrifying in a lot of ways because I, through that failure, had to realize like I was terrified to go on my own and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I had kind of like jumped from one hot frying pan to another. Yeah. And part of the realization over that year was like, I just recreated this situation. You Mm. know, like I tried to get out of something and I moved into a similar situation. How many of us can relate to that? How many times have you dumped a boyfriend or a girlfriend (laughs) because the relationship was not working out and then you got into another one, thought it was great, and then it actually turned out to be the same? It's kind of like I want to be my own boss. And then I moved into a situation where like, I, in a lot of ways, had an even more unfortunate boss, mm. um, or who was my partner. Uh, and so one of my reflections on that failure, which after a year I left, and I left with pretty much nothing. I like pretty much spent a year on this project and didn't have much to show for mm-hmm. it, I, other than the experience. Yeah. Um, also, uh, it gave me a lot of time to work on my health. So I can't label this as a failure in a bigger sense, but it was definitely a failure in the goal of partnering with my friend and building this business. Yeah. That was our goal. And we did not succeed in that. Yeah. And one of the things I look back on that, and first off, there was a point about six months in where things got really tense and there was like a kind of a big fight 
we went on like a partnership retreat and it didn't go well. And like late into the night and there's yelling and, you know, like it was pretty dramatic. Mm. And I thought that's when, <laughs> and then we had to drive home together. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Uh, yeah, it was rough. Um, and I thought that was it. I thought that was going to be the end. And then tried to salvage it again and ended up staying for another six months. And I look back on it and it's like, that's six months I wish I would, I wish I would have cut it there, yeah. you know? And it was, I, and I look back and like one of the f- other failures of this was not recognizing it sooner, yeah. you know? Yeah. Something that comes up in your, in your story and, and the, the, the two stories you've shared already is there's also this sense that failure exists in the eyes of others. It's like, There is this fear of failing because other people will see us fail and will be labeled as having failed. And that was terrifying in this because this was a particularly public failure. Like we were leading communities. I had left like my staple position. Everyone knew I was doing this. I had to commit to it fully. Yeah. And then there's a sense of like, is everybody going to think I'm a Trump or, you know, like what are what are some of the words that come up for you at that point where you're afraid of people's. Judgment. Sucker, <laughs> I think, was one. Uh, impractical. Yeah. Idealistic. You know, it's like you go for your dreams, and in some sense, you're not sure everyone wants to see you reach your dreams, you know? and like Probably actually a small sliver. And you get a lot of those kind of like looks or responses where people are like, yeah, that's nice, but I, you know, I have a family and I have to, mm-hmm. hold, like, I'm being a responsible member of society and yeah. like, you go play your games. But, uh, yeah. And so, and a lot of this is internal mm-hmm. and I think that's what's really useful about, you know, my health failure and then also my business failure is the mirror it's set up because I couldn't look at these things and say they were somebody else's fault. Yeah. These were clearly my responsibility. I mean, my, my partner had a role in it as well, for sure. But like my judgment was also there. And like I was working on this business, you know? And so it was also, I, I had to really look at me. And also I had to look at like, how did, what happened that I recreated a situation I was trying to leave? Mm-hmm. And, and then also, you know, you start looking at the distortion fields you get into, like other people's expectations, like the things that happen in a partnership. And, and like, especially when you get out of it, it's like, why did I stay so long? When, like, when I have some sobriety from it, mm-hmm. it's like, I start to see the fears that were really distorting the situation and keeping me in it. Yeah. There's a question I'd like to ask you, because if anyone is listening right now and kind of going through a form of failure, whatever, I'm just wondering, how long do you think it took you between the moment that you realize, okay, this is not working out, I'm going to need to leave, till the moment where you feel like you sort of like worked through the entire thing because I, I think about some of my own failures and so it took years for some of them yeah like it took years. years well I think there's and it's also interesting to ask how long did it, you know when I reflect on it I knew at a body level at like an intuitive level like you know that mm-hmm. feeling that you want to ignore yeah I knew it wasn't going to work Maybe almost from day one. Yeah. In and from some sense. But I was too scared to look at that. And I felt like I didn't have other options or yeah. like, you know, I didn't know what else to do and I want to get out of the situation. And so I was like ignoring that. And so it was a major lesson in like, whoa, my intuition was right. And some of the fears I had from the beginning ended up being real. Mm. And 
I was trying to change those and they weren't changing. And so one of the major lessons I had was realizing like, and if I listened a little bit more, instead of like that kind of egoic, like trying to control, suppress, oppress, and like make reality different than it is, yeah. because I was scared of what it meant if reality was that way. Yeah. And I didn't have, tr- I didn't trust myself. I didn't have faith in myself at the time. If I had listened to that, I knew it wasn't going to work from very early on. Yeah. And it took me a year to yeah. actually like, you know, leave. And I'm, I'm glad I did then because I could have spent longer yeah. and it could have gotten worse, yeah. you know, like I could have had less money, like things could have, yeah, it could have been worse to actually work through it. It took me another couple of years, at yeah. least in some ways I, I still am working through it, but like really working through it, I would say it took another two years yeah. after that. And one of the things, you know, when I look at it, the silver lining of this failure, it's not really a silver lining. I think it's the whole point of it. I was going to say was it got me out of a situation like this this job that I needed to leave and wasn't good for my health and but also had the golden handcuffs in mm-hmm. a lot of ways like good status it was a respectable position in society I was I was going to I was going to make more and more money yeah. like the money was going to continue to grow maybe I'm going to buy a house like I was going to get anchored in a life that wasn't working for me mm-hmm. and I knew that at some level and so I also can see my partner in that business as in some ways like this this uh, helping agent. That this, Yeah, it was like, you know, that didn't work out. But in a way, he helped me leave a situation I couldn't leave on my own. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a, a bridge to get to where I am now. And yeah, I had apparently I had to be pretty painful and, and long. But it got me out of a situation that I think I might have stayed in. Yeah. You know? And it would have been harder and harder to leave. And in that way, he really helped. He helped me get out of that. And that and then when I finally got kicked out onto the street on my own, yeah. like I I had kind of burnt the bridge, you know, yeah. and I had to figure it out. So I had to kind of like get myself into the situation to then start figuring it out. And that was not something I wanted to do. It was mm-hmm. a long and difficult journey. And I'm, I'm not like, I haven't arrived at the, the end of it, but I was scared to start the real journey of like figuring out who I am, like aligning my life and my work and like really leading my life, truly leading it instead of looking for others to tell me what to do. And, uh, and I think one thing that that's interesting is you. I hear you say I was scared to go and live that life. You know, like I was scared to get rid of all these things and then like go out and live my own self-led aligned life. And like, who was scared? Because like, who is the I that was scared? Because apparently your body knew from day one of this enterprise, this business, that it was not what you needed to do and that it, that it didn't feel aligned. So it's almost like there's a bigger intelligence that knows what you need to do and that is not afraid. But then there's a smaller ego making things happen, hustling, Security, making, making, safety, changing status. reality, you know, like that kind of. Yeah. yeah, you have to get out of the way of your own mind, right? And I think this is one of these big failures can be invitations to 
realign yeah. with our our true selves, our authentic selves, yeah. or get more aligned with that, right? Yeah. Or like kind of take a correcting step yeah. back toward who we are and, and that higher self. Mm-hmm. There's a third failure that, so these happened kind of in succession over the course of a year. And that this all set me on the journey I'm on today, which has just gotten weirder and weirder. But and more and more awesome. More and more awesome, yeah, <laughs> definitely. You're married to a French woman. Oh, I'll get to that. So, <laughs> so the third one was a relationship. Mm. that I had been in for a few years, I think like three-ish years at this point. And it was a good relationship. That was the problem. Mm, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) It was good. And we really liked each other. And I think in some ways we loved each other, but we did. But it wasn't another, it wasn't working as a romantic relationship. I couldn't see my future with her. And and I don't think she could see it with me in some ways. Mm-hmm. She had this sense I was going to leave at some point and I ended up leaving. But we ended up calling it off basically one day. I think we had Froyo or something. And then we're like, hey, I think we need, we had just, we had realized we needed to talk a couple mm. days ago. And we sat down And at this point, I had been pretty broken open from like the health thing, the business thing. These things were going on at the same Mm -hmm. time. They were still working their way through. But like my life was a mess and I was starting to surrender. I think this is something that failure helps us do is like really surrender to life. Like, okay, life, what do you want? Yeah. Because what I want isn't working. Uh, And I I was going through that. So I I was breaking open. And I think we sat down on a bench and like just honest it's just like you know like there's something not what's going on something's not and not you know like this needs to end or anything but it's just like i'm not gonna try to hold on to this anymore Uh we're gonna i'm we're we're just gonna throw it on the table and talk we need to talk about it Mm -hmm. and and i was able to buy like i was able to move past the fear of like oh my god this might mean that this relationship ends and then like you know, everything else is going crazy in my life. And like, this is another way I'm scared to be alone. Mm -hmm. And we had a really honest conversation about like, what was happening. And both of us were just kind of like, this is what's happening. Like, it wasn't a fight or anything. It was just like very detached in a way. Mm -hmm. And we, it was really relieving, actually, to be able to talk about it that way. And I, I don't know how long this conversation went, maybe an hour, maybe two. And at the end of it, it was just like, it was just like, oh God, we're breaking up. Like, oh, man. you know, it was like, it was so logical and ob- or obvious by the end of it. We both put everything on the table. It was not super emotional. And by the end of it, it was just like, there's nothing else we can do, but bre- it would be crazy to go on, mm. you know? And it was, and I remember kind of like breaking down crying at that point and being like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with things without you right now, mm. you know? This, things are really hard and I'm terrified to do this without you. And at the same time, I realized I have to do this without you. Yeah. And I think that was one of the major gifts of this year was that it was like, you need to do this stuff alone. You can't keep relying or depending on other people to solve your problems for mm-hmm. you or, or basically crutch with yeah. them, right? Because you, you have to guide yourself on you this. You have to take your power back. Yeah, you have to take your power back. And another kind of, and that was a process that did not happen quickly um, and it's still happening. There's layers and layers of it. And I feel like 
has been a beautiful unfolding, a beautiful blossoming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say something else about these three particular failures, or one health, one business, one relationship, is that, you know, we've talked about this in Creative Waiting, another episode we've done a while back, and we'll link to these in the show notes. Mm-hmm. It created so much space. And one of the problems with aligning with my life was that I had no space for it, mm-hmm. that there were all these things that were bending me out of shape, right? Like my bad habits with my health, the, the partnership that wasn't working, this, this relationship that wasn't really optimal. And, and the first thing I had to do was remove those things. And that was a crisis. And that, that there was a lot that went with that. But now where I'm at right now is I, my health is the best it's ever been in my life, ever. Mm. Um, and I can't tell you how that feels. It's it's amazing the energy, the clarity, the uh, the all the connection with my body, mind, spirit, soul, everything. And it's also the more you walk that, the more the healthier you get, the more you realize how unhealthy you were before. Yeah, it's like it's hard to know when you, you're in those. It's like a frog in a boiling pot, yeah. right? It doesn't realize that the pot's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Yeah. And then and yeah, it's only in from my viewpoint now that I can look back in horror mm-hmm. at how unhealthy I was. And yeah. I did not think I was unhealthy. Yeah. I'm 30 pounds less than I was. And I did not, and I wasn't fat yeah. or anything. No, you weren't um, fat. I'm in great health. I am doing work I truly love and care about. And I feel is very aligned with me mm-hmm. and is bringing people into my life that I, that can help me and that I can help has been extremely rewarding. Mm. So my work is very aligned and I'm very passionate about what I do and I feel like it is supporting my own growth and my own health is supporting my work, which is another thing about this stuff, is that it's when it starts to get aligned, it's all really interconnected Mm. and it all supports the other aspects. And in the past, all those aspects were pulling me away from the other ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were actually like stretching me and, and, and pulling, pulling me out of, out of shape. And now they're, they're supporting. Yeah. They're, they're all contributing to this, to this aligned life, you can say. And then I met you. And now I have this relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I don't have it. I'm in it with you. And that has been a gift of all gifts and that has been absolutely incredible. And it could only have happened from going my, on my own journey. And so it's just kind of crazy to look, you know, five years later, six years later, at this life where those three failures, those three massive failures I have, have now been like, have, have, were the catalysts to the journey to this, these beautiful, I don't know, I don't want to call them successes, but these beautiful, like the beautiful things that have happened in those areas of my life. Unfoldings. Uh, yeah. And in ways I, that I couldn't imagine that only life could imagine in a way. And yeah. it required surrendering to like, this is not working the, to the reality of things and not knowing what was going to kind of giving up my agenda mm-hmm. and then being surprised uh, and doing my own work. And coming to something that I could never have imagined then that is so much better um, and so much more life supporting. Yeah, I remember reading. I, I'm I've been following this this woman for a long time now on social media, like a few years. 
a long time. Uh, but yeah, a few years. And uh, she used, I remember reading back some of her posts like a few years ago and she was super into manifesting and her husband and like her partner and her, they had a child and they were like very much into manifesting. And Uh, and so they were manifesting the perfect house and the perfect community and the perfect all these things. And recently she shared a post where she was like, you know, I've done the manifesting thing. It works. I actually get what I want. Like I actually can manifest the things I want. But I've realized that the things that I want, I want are usually uh, not the things that are best for me. And that if I actually trust life and let it guide me to where I need to go, she was like, for the end, a, a perfect example of that was she kept envisioning a life with nature, with a lot of like, you know, in the countryside, rural living. And, and she got that. She was like, it was fucking awful. It, I got it and it was totally not what I wanted. And we kept getting these pings to go back to the city. And now they live in Austin and they are so happy with their lives. And she was like, the mind is too narrow to em envision the best situation for me. It only can imagine what it knows. Whereas if I let life guide me and I stop trying to manifest, I end up in the right places for me way better than I could have envisioned, imagined, manifested. I love that. And I think implicitly suggested in that is you have to let yourself fail. Like you got to let go of those yes. things to life for life to enter. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the biggest thing for me around this conversation. It's like, I feel like there's two things talking. It's who's failing the ego. Yeah. The, your higher self is always succeeding and winning and uh, experiencing life. Um, I don't know. I think I'm a lot thinking these days that I didn't come here for any particular goal except to experience this human experience. Like I did, we, we don't come for on this, on this earth. We don't incarnate in this life for anything else. The point is to experience. So thinking about improv or something, you know, like you, you just go with what comes, yes. right? And that's how, that's the you art of it. You respond. And it's not, this is why these days, if I ever had like ambition, which again is not a very French thing to say. But if I, if I ever had ambition, I'm really doing the work to strip myself of it every day more and more because my ambition is always going to be too small. If I let life use me as its instrument, I can do way better, bigger, more impactful things and more important things than my narrow, small, little mind could ever imagine. And I feel like that that leads into the idea of moving from ego gratification as like the goal yeah. to a life of service as yes. the goal. Because ego gratification, in my mind, brings up striving and this kind of narrow vision. Mm -hmm. Life of service suggests to me listening and looking for those opportunities as they present themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Julie Roxanne, why don't you share with me one of your failures? Oh, boy. I think probably my favorite failure was it was a combination of romantic and business. I was in a relationship with a man that I had met 
in my workplace. So I was a chef in a restaurant in Paris. Doesn't that sound nice? Oh la la. Oh la la. And he was uh, one of the waiters. I mean, I wasn't the chef. I was a cook and he was a waiter. And so we got together and it was all that they tell you relationships are supposed to be like, which is very easy. Very quickly, we fell into a routine and we had an apartment and the couch and the Netflix and the cats and, and, and we were smoking weed on the weekends and just treating ourselves to nice restaurants. And it was kind of happening. It was, it was, there was no thrill very early, like the thrills kind of like gradually disappeared. But then it was just, oh, okay, well, this is, this is what they tell you committed relationship is, you know? And so it was, it was good. And also parallel to that, there was a very strong business relationship between the two of us because our goal, our ambition was we're going to buy a restaurant in Paris. I'm going to be the chef. You're going to be the Mater D, I guess this is how you would call it in English. And we're going to bust our asses for 10 years and like work hard, make it happen, rake in the cash, hire employees. And then we'll just be the boss that like comes in once in a while to like get money out of the register. Make your grand exit. Yeah, exactly. And we had that in our, in the restaurant we were working at, the boss was definitely the embodiment of that success quote story because he didn't work anymore. He was just around all day going between all the restaurants that he owned, having food, getting drunk, making sure money was flowing in, all that stuff. It's actually interesting to reflect on that because I can't believe that this was my idea of success because I remember thinking that guy was totally unhealthy. It's like, Every other day, he was at 4 p.m. He was drunk with a bunch of other suited up guys. And he would stay in the restaurant until 11 p.m. Didn't see his kids, didn't see his wife, obviously was cheating on his wife. And can't believe that this was our goal. I said, oh, let's do that. Let's do what he's doing. What the fuck, Julie Roxanne? Uh, but yeah, so that was the idea. And uh Oh boy, did it uh, did it crumble into dust. It's hard to really point where things happened. I think there was a really big turning point where I realized, wow, I'm not really happy. Um, I'm actually feeling pretty shitty. Things are not like, there was a really long period of time, maybe like it probably was about a year before I had the realization that things needed to change where... I was just smoking every day, going to work, and then spending my couple of days off in a blur and, and not really realizing what was going on. It's that kind of merry-go-round feel totally. where it's like weekends and then the week and weekends. And you, I remember feeling like there, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. There's no growth to this. It's like I'm just stuck in a revolving door. And I think in the beginning, it was like, ah, oh, merry-go-round. It's kind of comfortable. And then like as I got as I was on it, it kind of started going faster and faster to a point where I couldn't get off anymore. I felt extremely trapped. I felt like uh, I remember one particular call with my mom where and that was one of the that was like a waking up moment where I was telling my mom how tired I was and that I was just exhausted. I was so tired. And all I could do, like the the only will I had at that point was I would go and play the lottery every other day because my hope was that I would win and that would be my exit 
ticket, that mm-hmm. I needed money to get out of this life and that I didn't have it. And that this entire life was costing me the apartment, that all the things that happen when you have this kind of life. And it was just such a trap. And when I told her this, because I had experience with de- depression in the past, so I was like, oh, shit. I'm depressed. I didn't really realize that I was depressed. You know, it's Mm. like, it's so easy to get stuck in it. And yeah, a lot of things unfolded, but I had kind of a awakening moment. And the business thing came first. The first realization was my relationship is totally safe. It's going really well. Everything's great. But I definitely cannot continue working in the kitchens and I have to stop. And so I... I told my partner this and he freaked out, got really mad at me because I was basically shitting on the dream we had been creating for the last four years together, three years at that point. And well, he kind of like let it go. He didn't really have a choice. I told him I was going to try to get out of this business as soon as I could. It took me about a year to be able to really get out. Uh, I think also what happened is at that time I was starting to realize I can just trust my intuition and my body intuition and it will guide me where, where I need to go. So even though I knew I wanted to get out of this business, when I got another offer to become a chef at another restaurant, I took it because uh-huh. my intuition was telling me, take it. This is what you need to do. And I remember my mind being like, why are you doing this? You said you didn't want to do this anymore. Just make the change happen. And then I was like, no, nah, I think I need to trust my intuition on this. And the book that I had read, that that's like, you know, we all, I think on this path, we all have the book that we read the first time that was like, holy shit, is that, I didn't even know that was a thing. All these like connecting to the intelligence of the body. And it was the seven laws of spiritual success by, uh, by Deepak Chopra, which the title is awful, but it's uh, it's a great little book. And he was talking about how basically the intuition is connected to the higher intelligence of life and that if you follow that, you actually end up in the best place for you. And it was a hard leap to make and to trust, but I did. And that second job, that job that I took ended up being the best place for me to leave the business from because otherwise if I waited in that previous job, I never would have been able to leave. And so making that jump, like similar to you. I was going to say that's really, you're clarifying something in my experience, which is like, I had the intuition that I needed to leave the job Mm -hmm. and that this was an opportunity to do that. And I should take that. And then, but I also had the the intuition and maybe it's a little bit later that this wasn't going to work. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think for me, it was like, I never saw, I didn't go into it thinking I'm going to use this as a crutch to get out and it's going to be a temporary job. Mm. I actually decided, hey, if I'm going to follow my intuition and say yes to this guy who wants to hire me, I have strong work ethics. I'm going to show up to the best of my abilities and be great, you know? And so I was, and I gave it the benefit of the doubt for a while. And I was like, maybe maybe this is what I needed to do. Maybe all I needed was a change of scenery and this is going to be great. Turns out about a month in, I was like, fuck this. This is not (laughs) possible. I can't do this anymore. And I was able to have an out with this guy, whereas I would not have had an out with my previous boss. Mm. So that was like, I guess that's, that's, that was a, 
the failure moment, the, the, the core moment where it felt like a failure was the moment I had to have the conversation with my partner that I had this profound realization that I was not going to be doing this with my life. It was actually really hard because it came at a time where we had just a couple of days before we had just visited a restaurant in Paris that was for sale and we were seriously considering putting in an offer. Mm. So it was it was devastating for him and it was devastating for me to have to tell him that all the plans we had made were not going to work. And I think the reason it was so devastating at that time, well, first of all, there's this sense, I feel like because I'm such an eclectic personality, like I, I, I like to learn about all sorts of different things and I've done a lot of different things already. Like I'm 28 and I've had like four different careers or something. And it's like every time I see them through and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying them. But earlier in my life, I thought I need to find the one, Mm. I need to find the thing. And so when I found cooking, I felt like, okay, great. This is it. This is it. And I was like, I felt like a massive failure when I decided it wasn't it because I just thought, oh man, my family's going to think I'm such a flaky person. Like people are going to look at me and think, wow, she really doesn't know what she wants, you know? And what's funny is that a few years later, I was telling my life, like a quick version of my life story to a theater teacher that like my sister went to a theater class and I went with her and she was very excited. And this teacher, I told her the story and she was like pretty hippie out there person. And I told her my story and her words at the end were like, oh, so I guess you're still figuring out what you want to do. And I was like, no, I guess I'm going to figure it out my entire life. That's just, (laughs) that's just going to be who I am. And that felt really good to own that. So yeah, failure on the business front, like, just and and it was the the really first big blow there had been a lot of blows to this relationship this relationship that I was in was not healthy there was a lot of problems with it now I'm able to see that because I'm in such a healthy relationship but that was like a cannonball to the foundation of our relationship it's like the reason we were together was because he was a waiter and I was a cook and we were going to have this restaurant. And I remember coming down to visit my family after telling my partner that we were not going to do this. And I told my brother that I had made this decision. We were not going to do this. And then he's like, and so how, how is your partner? How is your relationship with him? And I was like, it's great. Everything's going great. You know, I mean, it would be pretty bad if our entire relationship was built on the idea that we were going to have a restaurant together. (laughs) (laughs) I really believed what I was saying. And then now looking back, like, oh, wow. Yeah. Your relationship was pretty much built on that. Uh, And it didn't survive. So, so yeah, and 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 then the the romantic failure was another really massive one because, I mean, we were together, together, like we were engaged. We thought of ourselves as married already. Mm. We were trying to conceive a baby in the last year of our of our relationship, and so realize like coming to terms with the realizations that my business life was going to change and was changing and then realizing what that meant actually for my relationship and that my relationship was not working out it was so hard to keep aligning with that those realities that I was kind of uncovering it's like I was lifting the veil and realizing wow this is not working out but it was particularly hard because 
he was totally not in that space. He was completely resisting and continuing to like kind of hoping that I would change my mind, hoping our relationship would turn around. And then leaving was so hard for him, for me. It, it felt like it felt like a failure in the sense of, man, we have been proclaiming our everlasting love for four years now and everyone knows about it. And I'm leaving and I'm leaving like a bum too. It's like I didn't leave and had an apartment. I left like a, I had a backpack. That's what I had. This is another part of these kind of epic failures that I think is actually really valuable, but humiliating in a way is yeah. that it's very humbling. It's very deflating. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> it helps us get out of these, these, these worlds that, that we're living in or these like kind of identities that aren't serving, but the, that we think we need to hold for other people or whatever. And, you know, it's kind of cool to tell that story today because I'm realizing that the breaking point, the turning point in that story of my life where I could have gone one way, but I went another. And I really could have gone that that first way. Like it was very close. I could have stayed in that relationship. We could, I could have two kids by now. I could have a failed restaurant because of COVID. I could, you know, like, I mean, there, I could be in such a different life. I could be living in suburban, suburban Paris, smoking cigarettes and being pretty miserable and probably depressed and anxious, which I was back then. I was, I just didn't realize I was, but I realized that everything broke down because, not because I had the conscious decision of this is not working, but because I started getting in touch with my higher self. My, I started meditating. I started like reading spiritual books and getting interested in like spiritual teachings. And the more I did that, the more it was like the, the first steps of the ego dissolving a little bit. And because I was lifting that veil, I could see that it was the ego that wanted to have the restaurant and the kids and the cats and the partner and the apartment in suburban Paris and the thing. But that my body and my higher self was actually telling me to fucking run, like just run away from this as fast as you can. This is not it will be the if, if you choose that it will be the experience you need to have and that will be OK, but you will be miserable. And. And it was just, it's almost like there was no, again, it, it was life telling me something. It was life being lived through me and me getting out of the way that allowed me to move out of these situations. And so this is kind of why I, I have a hard time looking at those things as failures, especially now. And even then, then I felt like I dodged a bullet. Yeah, it was almost like a success. It was like, yeah. it was like, I, I really, really like the vision I have was the bullet was coming in between my two eyes and I dodged at the, the last minute. And it's like, in some ways, it was the ma the biggest success I've ever had. I, I think there's, it's like also detangling a lot of other people's expectations and what we're taught to want yeah. and all these things, right? Because it's like, as you said, you're getting in touch with yourself and realizing none of this stuff mattered for you. Yeah. And that's a major success to realize what isn't important for you yeah. and to like get rid of these false aspects mm -hmm. of your life, of yourself and re and align with yourself. And it's a huge success when that happens, but... 
<laughs> it's wrapped in failure. Yeah, it, it, in a lot of ways, it looks and smells and feels like fa failure. But the longer you spend with it, the more you realize that the core of this is actually real, true success at living your life. And, and, and the courage to yeah. do that, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the way I look at it now, like this was four years ago. Yeah. The way I, I look at it now, I'm just so grateful that it happened the way it did. I cannot imagine the life I would have if I stayed and if my life had taken this other turn, because at the risk of sounding like what you just said, but I feel like we are very much on similar paths, but they are our own, like your, your path is yours and my path is mine, but I'm the healthiest I've ever been, like ever in my entire life. I didn't even know it could, I could feel this healthy. I didn't even know what that meant. It's like you can throw out words like clarity and and like peace and things like that. I had no idea what those words meant. I thought I did because I had the concept, yeah, but the I had concept, no lived no experience. experience. Yeah. yeah, no lived experience. So I'm I'm in that position. I live a fucking awesome life. I live a life that is not only aligned with some of the values that I have, which is, which is great to some extent, but I think the biggest success for me is that I continue to do the work to let life live me rather than have me live life. And I continue to surrender and get out of the way because I trust and I know by now because I've had so many examples of this and I'm continuing to get so many examples of this and I'm sure it's going to continue to be even more and more just how precious it is to just let life guide you and not try to impose your will. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, this is happening. This is reality. How do I respond to that? What's being asked of me? And if anyone's interested in learning more about this, I highly recommend the book, The Surrender Experiment by Michael A. Singer. It's blown my mind and it's kind of given me words to think about what I'm doing and it's reinforcing my, my ability and my desire to do this, which is I'm just going to get out of the way because life has more intelligence than my tiny little human brain can ever comprehend. And I'm just going to try to continue to align, align myself with life and do the work I need to do to continue to do that. And one of the, I don't know, symptoms, of yeah. this, I would say, is like, I feel much more alive. Oh, fuck. Yes, totally. Totally. Yeah. And we've had that reflected back to us, too. It's not just us thinking that. It's we've had people that know us and that have seen us evolve for the last few years tell us, you look great. You look radiant. You look so alive and glowing. And it's I. it feels that way. I think one thing to to mention though is that like it doesn't mean we've solved a lot of the things. You know, it's not like we have arrived at a place where these things are solved. It it turns out to be more a learning and attitude and a posture yeah. to uncertainty and to continuing to learn how to surrender and to continuing to yeah. fail. Because and because also the more you do it, the bigger challenge you're going to get. Right. It's like a video game. Uh, as you go through the first level, the second level, you beat the first boss, maybe like it gets harder. Right. Yeah. So it's an un, it's a never ending work. And it's kind of the challenge and the excitement about it. And it's also a beautiful unfolding. And yeah. you end up living a life you could never have imagined because you literally 
Couldn't imagine it. I know. And it's like the way the image that I have, because what, what you said was it was a good point to make. Like there were not arrived because there's nowhere to arrive. You know, it's like I really more and more experientially understand that there's nowhere to arrive, which is kind of a brain fuck. Like yeah. my brain wants. To, but yeah, there is. I see it. I know. But it. The the image I have is like the Disney movie Tarzan and he's just like going from vine to vine, you know, and he's mm-hmm. just like surfing on the trees. That's how it feels like. Say like you jump, you don't know if you're going to catch that vine, but you do. And then the next vine comes and then the next vine comes. And it's not about like, OK, I need to make five hundred thousand dollars and have that in the bank account and have the house with the dryer and the washer. And that will be when I arrive. That's that actually will I don't know if that will happen in that way. And I don't know if it needs to. I can't, I feel like it's just a constant process of trusting and surrendering. Yeah. I think maybe something to end on is a quote that I've been working with a lot lately. It's by our boy, William Shakespeare. Oh, Shakes. All right. Yeah. And he says, the most confining prisons are the ones we know not we're in. And I think failure is such a great teacher mm. because it, it can help us realize those types of prisons that Shakespeare is talking about. And thank you for listening. Thank you, beautiful listener. We're so happy you're here. As always, we hope that you got something cool, a little nugget out of this that you can take on your journey with you. And we can't say it enough how much we value and appreciate your time, energy, and attention. These are your most valuable assets. And we we hope that we make it worth your time. If you want to support the podcast. There's three ways. The first is financial. We have a Patreon page. It's at patreon.com slash thefaroutcouple. And we have all sorts of goodies there. And you can get them for as low as $3 a month. It's a great way to support the podcast. If you've been listening for a while, it, it's it's not a lot, but it does a lot for us. It adds up on our side, and it's just such a great way to support your favorite creators. By the way, I think we hit a milestone the other day, Julie Roxanne, because uh, we had someone actually sign up for Patreon to steal our stuff, uh, and then he unsigned up. I don't Went know, in well, and just stole our I, stuff. He didn't steal. He probably just like listened and then didn't want to pay, which I feel like is a pretty big milestone uh and uh well we're, we're glad you were here for the time you were here man it's yeah, great yeah, three bucks man what the <laughs> <hell>? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> all, right. all right and the other two ways you can support us the first one is you can uh leave us a review like our friend monsieur jacques did at the beginning of this episode thank you monsieur jacques thank you merci and uh and the other way is you can share this with a friend we grow grassroots baby yeah grassroots email it to someone share it with someone on a car ride put it on your social media feeds whatever you like to do when you share good stuff it's epic and if you share it on instagram you can tag us at the far out couple we'll love to see that all right i think we're done here see you next week toodles toodles